Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Wednesday, September the 27th. And welcome to our commentary. We have a GOP debate tonight, and we will address that on, on Thursday. Uh, it's going to be late tonight anyway, so we'll look at it on, on Thursday. On Thursday, we're also going to be chatting with my friend Rick Moran. So that'll give us both an opportunity to maybe comment on on the debate. I'm not expecting a lot of big things, but I think overall it should be a good debate. I think these are good candidates, all of them. But, you know, it's very tough to have one of these debates without Trump. I mean, that's the problem. If Trump is not there, then, uh, well, to say the least, the interest drops uh, significantly. So we'll tell you, we'll give you our thoughts tomorrow when we uh, when we look back at this Republican at this Republican debate. You may have seen these images on TV, these videos last night of people in Philadelphia just looting stores, rushing into stores, stealing. Absolutely depressing to see this happening in Philadelphia. It happens, in, unfortunately, in other places, too. And you just have to ask yourself, you know, what is going on in these cities? You know, there's been a total breakdown of order, uh, certain groups, uh, particularly young men, uh, many of these young black men, and there were some girls too, but primarily young black men don't seem to, they're not afraid of anybody. They're not afraid of the police. They're not afraid of authority. So you have to begin to wonder what are these cities going to do with this kind of violence uh, happening and these attacks on, on these uh, stores. I mean, you're already seeing, I think Target, they're going to be closing a bunch of stores in many of these cities, because they're complaining about retail theft. They're saying, we, you know, we cannot afford to have these stores open because of the level of theft that is going on. You have restaurants, uh, famous restaurants, I believe, in San Francisco closing because, again, it's not, uh, the, you know, the downtown area apparently is very unpleasant to do business. So this is happening in many of our cities. And, you know, you would think that the president of the United States would say something about this, would at least pick up the phone and call the governor of Pennsylvania and say, look, if you're not going to do something about it, I'm going to send in the National Guard. But you cannot have this kind of looting and stealing and collapse of order without some very unfortunate consequences in your society. And, I, you know, I fear that it's going to get worse because nobody seems to fear the police anymore. I mean, the police, uh, you know, God bless them. They're doing their best. But in many of these cities like Philadelphia, they have shortages. Uh, nobody wants to be a police officer. Um, and, you know, they're dealing with less staff. And they just can't seem to, you know, the leaders of these communities cannot seem to address the problem correctly. The problem is not racism or segregation or Jim Crow, those are not the problems in Philadelphia. The problem in many of these cities is a collapse of the order, a collapse of family, family structure, uh, basic decency in your community. And until you have politicians address that issue, it's going to be tough. They're going to have a hard time attracting business. They're going to have a hard time attracting uh, people to go shopping or people to go to these restaurants. And, you, know, you know, I remember... 
in the 1970s, uh, when I lived in Baltimore, that in the 70s and 1980s, the downtown area in Baltimore turned around completely because they, you know, they created these programs around the, the Inner Harbor. They invited businesses. They invited people to move in and buy properties. And the downtown area, the Inner Harbor, as you used to call it, became a wonderful place to go on a Saturday night to eat, uh, to go see a baseball game. Just, just uh, the atmosphere was great. Well, now they tell me that it's not that way anymore because people fear crime. So these Democrats running these cities are going to have to start paying attention to what's happening in their cities because their cities are being crushed. I don't know how in the world they're going to get any business to stay there or any people to go there on a Saturday night to eat. I remember there was a little place in Baltimore called Little Italy, which is a wonderful little community of Italian restaurants. I assume that's still there, but I wonder if people are going because, again, they fear they fear the, the, the looting and the stealing and all that kind of stuff that seems to be happening now completely out of control. I don't know. I don't know what these leaders are thinking, but they're not thinking about the well-being of their cities, and they're not thinking about the well-being of the taxpayers. That's the other thing, too. The taxpayers are being screwed by these local governments. What a shame. What a shame uh, this whole thing has, uh, has become. And by the way, you may remember not long ago, that the mayor of Dallas announced that he was switching parties to the Republican Party. Uh, this is uh, Mayor Johnson, who's an African-American here in the Dallas area, who was the mayor of Dallas, and he's switching parties. And if you read the letter or the, or the, or the column that he wrote in, in the Wall Street Journal, this is exactly what he's talking about. The failure of Democrat policies in these cities. You know, they're not solving problems. They're creating problems. So... Gosh, I, I just, I, you know, I remember Philadelphia, these cities, elegant cities, places you could go. And now God only knows what you're going to find in these in these places. I have a post over at the American Thinker today uh, about James Carville. Now, you may, may remember him. He was, I think, the number one advisor of the Clinton campaign back in 1992. He's the one who came up with that famous phrase. Uh, about uh, it's the economy stupid, you know, focusing the Clinton campaign on the economy. Well, he he was on the on the Bill Maher program and he was beating up the left, saying that the left is killing the Democrat Party. These crazy lefties, these people from universities and so on, who are killing the Democrat Party because a lot of Americans they look at some of what these people are saying, like men can get pregnant, stuff like that, and they're saying these people are crazy. These people are crazy. Well, unfortunately, there's too much of that in the Democrat Party. And I would advise every Democrat to listen to that interview with James Carville because he's right on target. He's right on target. As I write in my post today, he's right on target. What he's talking about is what Democrats need to be paying attention to. So listen to Bill Maher and James Carville talk about the woke and then read that article by uh, Mayor Johnson of Dallas when he switched uh, to the Republican Party. And I think you're going to get some truth about uh, the failure of the Democrat Party in many of our of our cities. Well, you know, over the years, as, as a baseball fan, I have I've had a lot of favorite baseball players, obviously, you know, from Tony Oliva to uh, Roberto Clemente, Jim Palmer. I mean, a long list of players that I have followed 
uh, in my career, not just in baseball, but Bart Starr in football, Johnny Unitas, you know, Troy Aikman, Roger Staubach. A lot of players that I have followed over the years uh, who are great athletes in whatever, whatever game they used to play. One of my all-time favorites passed away yesterday, and that's Brooks Robinson, who died at 86. Now, Brooks was the third baseman with the Baltimore Orioles from 1955 uh, to 1977, about a 20-year span uh, with uh, the organization. He was just an absolutely amazing player. He became the standard, if you will, for defense, for third baseman. I had the great opportunity to live in Baltimore in the 1970s and into the into the 1980s and saw, uh, you know, on a, on a frequent basis, Brooks Robinson at the ballpark. I saw the games on TV. And Brooks Robinson was just an amazing player. You know, every time he'd be watching the game, he would make plays that you go, wow. Uh, in fact, he was so good that he spoiled you because, you know, you would assume that every other third baseman was going to play, make the double play or turn the double play like Brooks did or that everybody was going to stop these line drives down the third base line like Brooks did. But then, you know, you'd be watching another, another third baseman and he wouldn't make the play and you realize, well, there's only one Brooks. Well, there is only one Brooks, and unfortunately, he passed away yesterday at age 86. He was a loved figure in Baltimore. And I remember going to the stadium in September 1977 when they had Brooks Robinson Day. This is uh, like a retirement party that they had for, for Brooks. And he came out, and he went around the stadium in a car saluting. And the love and affection that I saw for this man was this, uh, you know, I have, never, have not seen that before. And in many other athletes, I think maybe Nolan Ryan would be a close second that I've seen in my lifetime. But the love and affection to see fans, you saw fans cheering and crying as he was going by. Tremendous. I remember there was one moment where uh, a father picked up his little son, I assume, picked him up and was waving at Brooks. Uh, I assume he was telling his little son, hey, look, this is Brooke Robinson. You got to see Brooks Robinson. So. Brooks passed away at age 86 yesterday, and uh, he was one of the greatest baseball players. But I also wrote, I have a post coming out about this tomorrow. I think his success, the success of Brooks Robinson, and the reason that he attracted so much love and affection is because he was not just great on the field. He was great off the field. And uh, the way he served the community, Brooks understood that there was more to playing sports than what happened on the field, that there was also off the field, you had to be, uh, a, you know, a real, uh, a gentleman too, as they, as they say. So rest in peace, Brooks Robinson. And we have all of those videos on, on YouTube that we can, uh, that we can, you know, go and take a look at. Now that's one of the beauties of YouTube is that you have all these videos that you can go watch and relive some of those great moments of Brooks Robinson's career, like the 1970 World Series, when he just literally shut down the Cincinnati Reds with his glove and, and his bat. Uh, so rest in peace, Brooks Robinson. Just a tremendous memory in my life was uh, watching Brooks Robinson play. Have a great day, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.